Hello and welcome to I'm joined by three QPR fans and one QPR legend. Uh, first of all, Gemma Fumagalli. Gemma, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Chris. Well-ish, yes. As oh. good as any QPR fan can be at the moment. Yes, um, as this transpires, you'll see this is going to be quite a, quite a sad podcast, but we'll try and make it as upbeat as we can. Also joined by John, um, better known as Dottie's dad. Hi, John. How are we doing, everyone? Very well. Yeah, nice, nice to hear from you, mate. Nice to see you. Um, also, Paul Finney. You like my Boris Johnson impersonation? <laughs> Very good. Uh, that's enough from Paul. And last but not least, Charlie Austin. Charlie, welcome. Hey guys, you okay? I'm very well. Just... Charlie, I'm going to start with you. Obviously, um, kind of um, was hoping it wasn't going to be true, but I've just seen your tweet, um, and it's not good news as far as QPR fans or most QPR fans go. Uh, so, Charlie, tell us in your own words what's happening. Um... Well, there's no, there's no contract for me to uh, been offered a contract for next season, so I'm a free agent as of the first of June, and so that that's it really. It's just it's time to part companies, part ways as such. A sad time, of course, of course it is for me. Like I love the football club, uh, the family do. It's it's one of them, but the club are going in a different direction, I imagine, and. I guess I'm not part of that that direction. But, but so, I mean, assume, from what you're saying there, you would still, if it was your choice, you'd still like to be part of the club. Of course, of course, I would not. But I, I, I mentioned this after the game on Friday. Unfortunately, the, the interview that I'd done didn't come out. But I said this: if the club offered me that, of course I would. I, I don't need to keep going on, Chris, regarding about how I feel about the football club, how my family is. I don't need to do that because it's already well known for everybody. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's something that I seem to continue to say, not to for people to hear, but it's just it's just the way it is. The players and players and families don't have affiliations with football club, sorry, unless you stay there for so long. Mine just seemed to click from day one, and it seemed to click till now. Uh, and and uh, well, as I'm going out the door, you know. So listen, I'm quite. Sad, I'll be upset. The wife is upset, sad, because I think it's a sad time. I think it was a, I didn't take it for granted that I would have been offered something. It was just, it was one of them that I may have been offered something completely different to, uh, on a contract wise. But if it was something was put in front of me, then of course I would have signed it. Come on, of course I would have. But Charlie, um, it's all about being wanted, isn't it? It's all about being feeling the love. And if you don't feel it, then I guess yeah, that's... that's yeah, I just... But listen, not, I get it. I get it. I get it totally, yeah? yeah. I feel the love. I'd love from the fans and for the owners for bringing me back and the manager that's there now. I loved working with the gaffer, Mark, top man. But don't ask me to do something. We need a rallying cry. We need to rally the troops. We need to get X, Y and Z on board. We need to stop the rock. We need to do this. And then no... Four weeks ago, really, you got to backdoor me and I'll leave. Like, come on, like, it's not mess about. Do you know what I mean? I know that, but just, just tell me, just tell me before. Like, grown, a grown up to thirty two, and I feel like you have a different. All players are the same when it comes to football clubs, but I felt like my relationship, my 
well, the way people talked about it, that was different with the club. But obviously, I was just another cog in the wheel. Well, no, I think that might be the club, but certainly not from my point of view. I think no, I'm no, that's what I meant. I didn't, I, yeah, 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 I didn't mean that towards the fan show because they're not the ones. No, I know you didn't mean. Do you know what I mean? But no, the, I mean, the, the powers that be. But it doesn't have to be. I mean, I'm just. I was livid because I'll tell you for why. I saw what happened on Friday. Mm. Decent cross in the box. Bang. That's what you're good at. But it's hard to be good at that when you've known so long that it's not going to go forward. And people are big on social media. They're getting on your back. They're having a go at you. They don't know what you're going at night. It's clear. It's just really sad. And it should never end like this because you came back, you galvanised everything. Your family's amazing. You've been amazing. And I just, I find it incredible and I'm sad about it. And I, I'm a 52-year-old man. I shouldn't be getting sad about players leaving. I've seen fucking loads of them come and go. I know, but it, it's a way, you know. I, I know. Like, I've left five clubs and never felt like this. But yeah, it's, I, it's, I, it's not always about being decent, do you know what I mean? It's about being decent, treating people decently and being a decent society. Of course. I think like the when, I, the, when the opportunity come back for me to the football club 18 months ago, Listen, I was touted to go everywhere. Derby, Cardiff, all the X, Y and Z in the, in the championship. I was like, I ain't going. I was just at West Brom. And it was literally on the, on the Monday afternoon, I was on the way home. And my agent was like, says, I think, excuse me, QPR want to do a deal. I was like, what? Like, are they going to? Okay, let's, let's do the, let's get it sorted. The manager spoke. That was agreed literally in two days. And we'd obviously signed. It just, the club went so like a roller coaster so fast from the position I was in tonight, but then we could have made the plus if outside charts made the plus last year. And then the mindset completely changes. Hang on a minute, we should get promotion, we should get the playoffs. Like, and rightly so, the players that was the goal, obviously, of course, it was. And we and we just didn't we didn't make that. I loved my time at the club, I really did. The first time was very special because we achieved promotion. I played with players who I I've watched on the telly years before, do you know what I mean? On Match of the Day and stuff. And I was in with Brazilian internationals, regardless of which way the football club went at the time. And it, with the clubs had to pay for the last six years. But it was one of them where we achieved the promotion. I played the Premier League. But this time just seemed a bit different because I was senior. I was part of a younger, younger dress room as such who brought the best out of me. But the messages I've received from, from them after when I told them that what the situation was, I, when I come out of the meeting, I told them, an hour after I'd left training, the messages I received from them, younger players, Ilias, Chris, listen, I, that means enough to me. I know what I've done, regardless of what people thought, of how I was performing on the pitch, what I was doing off the field was, was perfect. And I see before, I, I see one stupid thing on, on the internet regarding the demise of the football club when it was around about February time, when I sat in the stands after the uh, Rotherham game. A load of bollocks, mate. I sat in the stands because I had the ump. The manager brought me off, but I was playing shite. But I had the ump. Do you know what I mean? As simple as that. I sat in the stands and I looked up at the clock. It was like 71 minutes. I was like, there's no way I'm sitting here 20 more minutes freezing my balls off. So I walked all the way back round. But that was it. I spoke to the manager after the game. Shook hands. Just hold my hands up. It was a 10-minute of madness kind of thing. And it was one of them. Someone said the demise of the club. A load of rubbish. So, if, Charlie, if it's not a breach, Jim, I'll bring you in a second. If it, it's not the manager. I mean, clearly, it's it's not the manager now because he's going anyway. What, what what do you think the reason behind you going? Who 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 has the, the, the says yes or no as to whether you stay or go? Um, it's a good answer. I don't know. You'd have to say 
Oh, I'm, I don't think I'd be. Oh, well, I guess you have to say, Les, he's a director of football. So he must be the man. He must be in charge of the players coming and going. Um, they must have a manager in mind who they're going to bring in. So also they'll be looking at the squad, whether they want to, what they want to do or not. But I just feel like maybe I'm just a little, little bit different. But I, I don't know. I, I assume Les, it must fall on Les. He's the person that tells you that you're leaving. So he must be the person that's telling you that you're coming. It's as simple as that. I want to hear about wages, this and how much you're getting paid and all that. Listen, if they offered me thing I would have signed, like let's not, let's, let's be honest, it's one of them. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you're settled where you are. I mean, your wife is doing a degree like in the area yeah. as well. Um, the kids have all have, have been QBR fans since the first time round. Yeah. Let me just tell you something though. There is no chance I am retiring. Let me tell you, to be asked today whether I'm retiring in the summer, rubbish, no chance. 33, I play down the middle, cross the ball in, I scored the goals. I've, I have done for my career. I feel like I'll do that for the next two or three years for how long I'm fortunate to play for. There is no chance I'm retiring. I will continue to score goals wherever it will be. And hopefully I'm fortunate to get um, what will be in the championship next year. And I'll just do what I've always done. Brilliant. Gemma. So I have to keep it on mute in case someone barks. Um, I wanted to ask Charlie, because I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. feeling more emotional as this is going through. It's not going well for me at all. In terms of, because obviously, well, for me, I've gone from kind of here this season down to here very rapidly with that last bit of the season just doing that. Not necessarily just because of the, you know, what happened and how near we were and the what ifs and two games and we'd have been playoffs. But I think what's, shocked me so much is that I didn't realise that the club was kind of in a I put it politely in a bit of a mess again and mm. I think I'd gone through this season because we were doing well and it all looked great and I watched the press conferences thinking everything's hunky-dory and clearly it's not so I guess my question would be from a I mean clearly we don't know what's going on upstairs yeah. and who's making what decisions but from a point of view of the dressing room and the other players how do you, how has it been for you going through the season with the, with, within the actual team? Um, to answer your question, Gemma, we were flying, wasn't we, to a certain degree this season, um, up until the January time and just into February. Then we kind of just, I don't know, you go through bad form, don't you? And you there's always one game that sticks in your mind, or one game that you think you can turn it around. And I look back at the Blackpool game when we won 2-1 at home, I think we might have lost three or four on a bounce beforehand or drawn or something like that. The results weren't going great. And I thought that would be the game that's going to turn it for us. That's, that's going to be the game that stops stops up kind of the rot a little bit. We're going to push on from there. And we just couldn't, we just couldn't do it. Um, we did in the end and we still had a good chance at the players. But unfortunately, just we had, gave ourselves way too much to do. But you, then you've got to look at it. The club made a stance. The club made a stance not to sign any new, uh, give any new contracts out to players which is fine. That's absolutely fine. But then you need to understand when you come to the business end and the back end, it still comes into players' minds. I'm not talking on, on behalf of me. I, I'm talking I'm talking for myself, sorry, but there's just five, five or six other players that's out of contract. That still plays on people's mind. We've got four lads that are in their 20s. Do you know what I mean? Out of contract. So you need a bit of clarification. So it's okay saying, oh, we're going to offer at the end of the season, we're going to reevaluate at the end of the season. But it still plays in their mind. You've still got securities. The lads have still got girlfriends, wives, children. It's not just like, oh, right. let me tell you, when the season's done, as in Saturday, that's it. Like, that's it. There's, there's no going back. 
that, that, that's the one. So I just got a football club also. And one, one aspect I will say, it tried to run so fast, right, years ago and put the money in the wrong places. No problem. You learn from the mistakes. Unfortunately, the clubs had to pay for it for, for a few years. Last year, we start, when I come in, we was 21st, and then we turned it around and obviously finished night, finished the season really strong. Come the summer, we're now saying we want promotion. We want the playoffs. This is what we want. Demand it for the managers. Been said, if the managers don't get the playoffs, then we're sold every, for everybody to see. We have the 16th uh, in the t- league table budget. So just remember that when we all demand that, just remember we have the 16th. So let's not get carried away with the 16th. Don't get me wrong, money doesn't pay, buy success. But when you are still paying that, and when it comes to January, you need to bring players in, et cetera, et cetera. If you're going to have a go to try and get promotion, you may, you may need to spend an overspend to try and gamble at getting up. And it didn't work like that. And unfortunately, it's, we've just fallen off, off just short. But ultimately, the league table doesn't really lie, if, if, if we're honest and we all look at it. So how was it for, like, in terms of that for the players? Because obviously, in coming into January, the, the, the chat was whether we'd be in the plug, whether we be in the playoffs or whether we come second and then I mean because I, I know obviously you've already you've already praised the gaffer you got well with him but for you personally yeah. you were kind of in and out of the team few yeah. players there was a few things to me that stuck out Amos was brilliant against Reddy and then doesn't play the next game Hendrick comes in and sort of I, I don't expect you to bad mouth anyone by the way at all but but generally did it did, did it feel a bit unsettled after that after that run after the after the thirteen games of not kind of winning, Chris. No, sorry. I mean, I mean, after when we come into January, we were like, we were, I think we we're second in the form table, and then after. Oh uh, the- yeah, I know what you mean. No, it didn't unsettle. It was like because we was winning. Now, what people are doing, and what I think is quite funny, is the gaffer's been changing it for the last ten games beforehand when we was winning. So let's not get all excited because we uh, and jump on a bandwagon. Oh, we lost. He's changing the side. Oh, he's making changes. Like he's been making changes all the time. I don't. I think it may be two or three games where he's kept the same side consistently. Maybe more. I don't know. I'm just off the top of my head. So let, let's not get carried away from the fact that oh, hang on a minute, he was changing someone here and there. It's just what anyone's grabbing hold of and they're running with. But do you know what you said? Something really interesting. Sorry, John. I'll just say so. Bring you in afterwards, mate. I'm really sorry to hold this up. But do you know, I I was thinking about this today when I was driving around London, stuck in traffic as flipping usual. Um, I'd like to see how many teams with the budget we had could cope with the loss of Cher, Diang, Willock. Six, six goalkeepers in one season. It's insane. And then to then say, oh, we want to go in a different direction. It's like, we've had shit luck. Mm. And it's all been at the wrong time. And we haven't got the squad that can adapt to that. It, as you said, the budget's low. To me, I think... We are victims of, of actually being too good, too soon, the, too quickly, the, and going for yeah, that, that. And I think you, Paul, you've just described the manager, unfortunately, in that last little bit. You have. He's been the victim of his own success in a certain way. I truly believe that. It's just annoying because, like, you know, if you'd have took four players out of the Huddersfield team, if you'd have turned up to Luton, if you'd exactly. done it to Fulham and Bournemouth, have got about one million players. Forest have got three million and half a million or more somewhere. You know, and that's what we're up against. That's if if the if the board want to say right, let's go against this lot. 
then give us as many players they've got, give us the budgets they've got, and see what happens in the season. Bournemouth and Fulham haven't gone up because it's a fairy tale. They've gone up because of a big budget, a big squad, and loads of frigging money. Exactly. John, John, sorry, mate. John, I know, John. John, I want to, I want to bring you in. Um, talk about the amazing stuff Charlie's done, um, and wife Bianca as well, of course, um, as, as done for Dossie. But you, as, as a QPR fan, um, as and, and and not seeing Charlie here next season, um, how does that make you feel? Uh, I'm I'm worried. Um, when you look at the amount of players have been released, the contract, new manager. We spoke in the last podcast with Paul. That, We've got a short pre-season um, because obviously the season starts earlier because of the World Cup. You've got, you've got to be worried. There's no manager in place. Who are they going to get in? What players are they going to get in? Are they going to have time to gel during the pre-season? And then we spoke again before about losing players to go to AFCON with a World Cup this year. Are we going to have the same sort of issues after we lose players to a World Cup? Are we going to have the same sort of drop as it were after after they come back it's it, i just don't see what the clubs clubs doing it makes everybody everybody anxious yeah no 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 fair point mate i think um i think probably we'd all agree with that um it's yeah i what i was trying to make before charlie really was um it's just when when i say i'd settle when when you start losing games and you go on a run i mean it's Football is in the mind as well as as well as well as on the floor. I, I, I can imagine that you know it must. You must that changing room must have gone from like being right up there to just like being a bit deflated and and frustration about not being able to do anything about it. Ah, oh, but we could do something about it. We could have played a little bit better. <laughs> but no, they're not like they're not like that. That's not digging the teammates out at all. We could have performed better, but unfortunately, that's that's what happens in football. We had conversations before games. We had conversations at half-time, conversations after half-time. It was just one of them things where we just couldn't put it right. It wouldn't matter if we was out there for another month. We just And there was like another 10 games at that period of time. We just couldn't find our way of, of getting back. And then eventually we, we did, but we just give ourselves a little bit too much to do. But it, And it does sound, yeah, so I mean, basically answer that question, but it does sound like the team, never mind what's going out, on outside of the team, but the team itself in the dressing room is still all together. You said about the messaging. Oh, Chris, honestly, Chris, I can't, I can't fault one person in that change room, and at the tra- and at the, the training ground, playing staff. Now I'm just talking. I'm just talking the players, medical staff, and managing his team, and Caroline, the the lady, reception lady, and all, basically she keeps everything together. The glue. I can't fault any of them. I really can't. They're all first class. There's not one dagger get someone nerves none of that all first class it really are the dressing was fantastic we had a good few senior lads good middle aged plenty of youngsters but we all gelled the youngsters kept middle aged of 32 laughing. we are honest no we are t- that's what I mean no it was honestly and the young boys were very good they bought in the, day, the first day I come in, they bought into what I was saying, and they really did. And I was honest to them, and and the, to be honest, they, they they've taken that and they're going to go in their own direction in their careers. I wish them all the success. But the dressing room, yeah, it's first class. It really was. Oh, that's what but, but you know, sorry, Chris. You know, sorry, Chris. Can I just come in here? Sorry, Chris. Do you know what I was baffled at, Charlie? And I'm, I'm not making this into a slag of our own club off because we all love QPR, and I include yourself in that, Charlie, as well. Yeah. If I may, yeah. but yeah. I was 
got to January and I'm looking at, at the contracts and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, we're playing well. We saw what happened to Angan Rangel last season. We, we, we know that if you haven't got a club to go to and you get a dodgy tackle, it, it doesn't end well. And I'm thinking, you know what? Now is the time to strike. Get these boys tied down the contracts. Get the energy back. Get the zest back. It didn't happen. And then it didn't happen in February. It didn't happen right. in March. Tim, and I'm like, Paul, this is mad. You and Barbie, Barbie played 96 consecutive games, no contract. That's incredible. Like, do you know what I mean? I don't, how the situation is now, I don't know with you, and I haven't been in, but I'm just saying that was the situation leading up. He hadn't been offered a contract yet because we're waiting for the end of the season. So I, I just, it's a tough it's a tough scenario, and, and it would be happening all over football clubs throughout the England, throughout the world, I guess, when it comes to football players out of contracts. It does play on people's minds. Like I say, you've got outside football, you've got families, and you need, you've got kids. Some people live down south that are playing up north. Kids in school, so they may have to move house, vice versa. Some kids that people live down south, do you know what I mean? So it is tough, and, and people do forget, oh, I play football, you get X, Y, and Z. Yeah, I know, but when I, the moment you go through the door, your mum or dad, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, 100%, mate. I, I, I do find the thing, particularly about, well, obviously yourself as well, but with Barbe, in the article I was talking about with Dave McIntyre, I wrote, um, just, just saying that, you know, it sounded like they, you know, somebody there didn't fancy him. How, how can you not fancy, I mean, where are you going to get a better defender than him on our budget to step in next season? I, I just do not. Disneyland? Huh? I don't know. I don't, no, no, Chris, I, I, I don't have the answer. I don't have the answer for you. I, I really don't. I, off the top of my head, there's, there, there is some. And also, well, Sorry, Chris Pan, Gemma. Sorry, no, I just want to say one of the things that's really concerning me, and I'm thinking it through as we're sitting here talking, is that when, Charlie, when you came back, and to me there was a big shift in the whole club, you know, we started playing, it was like a switch, everything seemed to click, and we all, it all felt like we were on the right track, and one of the things I thought you brought to the club coming back was the experience and the leadership with the younger players, Mm -hmm and to kind of help lead the team on the field and in the dressing room in the absence of the manager. And what really concerns me hearing this, especially hearing that, you know, obviously between the team, it's, it's well, well gelled, there's no problems, is that we have taken a setup, which, okay, we haven't got to playoffs and it could have gone better, but actually we are doing what we did before, which is we're not saying, okay, we've got something that potentially will work, if we yeah. throw a bit more time at it, maybe a bit more money, we're saying it hasn't worked. We're going to panic. We're going to get rid of the manager. We're going to get rid of our experienced player leader. We won't give contracts. What, I mean, fine. If somebody come along and dropped us in a quick billion that we could go and spend on, you know, a new yeah. squad, but we haven't. Somebody needs to tell me that there's a plan because I don't believe there is one because I cannot see any rationale or sensible plan in place for doing what they've done, you know, and even if I'm sure Charlie would admit, you know, there've been games where you haven't had your best game and haven't, you probably haven't scored as many goals as you want. For me, you weren't just bringing that to the, to the club and to the team. And the fact that everybody knows that you love this club, which is why we all love you so much. Thank you. It's not just about necessarily the, you know, performing on the pitch and scoring. And I just, I can't believe it. That was my thing for me on a, on me, Joe. I had to, like I just I just this time it, well, the first time I was here it was just about goals for me and I was just learning my my craft and learning from the senior players at this time. 
as much as I'd like to score more goals, of course, my my role was completely changed. It, it really, it really did. Um, listen, I don't, I don't have the answers, unfortunately, Gemma, regarding what where the the football club go and who's doing what, etc. I just the only thing I can say is I just feel like the manager is has been successful in a certain way, but it's kind of killed him a little bit. We, we all know it's the toughest. It's the toughest league. You, you, the point spread between between the teams is is so close, and it, are, it is fine margins. You can look back and and think what could what could have happened differently. Another three points here, another three points there. What worries me is whether there's another announcement going to come because there, there, there just seems to be something going on behind the background that we're not privy to. Uh, that's worrying. That's you know, as Jim was saying, we're, we're getting rid of these players that are out of contract, but we've got no kind of real funds to get anybody back in the door. Okay, so you have the the team, and the team is ch- from 2015. Say for argument's sake, let's go back there. The team has changed dramatic, drastically. Sorry, from then, yeah, new players in, out, finances, etc., etc. Not a lot of changing behind. I don't. People don't bring certain players in. Don't bring, like. Do you know what I mean? Comes a certain way. So it's like I keep changing the manager. Keep bringing X, this player in. Get him out. This player in. This. Tell me. Tell me the last person QPR brought through their academy. We're going to say Ilias, and you're going to say Ebbs. Ebbs come through at Millwall and went through. Played at the eighties, twenty threes. That don't count. Ilias, yes. He could be the last. Tell me the tell yeah. me the last one. Tell me the last one. The last the last player we sold from the academy was Furlong. That was the last player that came through the academy that got sold. The one before that was still at the academy, which was um, oh God, my stupid COVID brain. First, uh, uh, Finn, first went first went three years ago. Uh, yeah, exactly. But then we've had. Um, Cher came from Tottenham, didn't he? Um, Ezzy came from Millwall. Lumley came from Tottenham. And I think this is what's been trying to be saying to people, is that before you're 14 or 15, the big clubs have got you. That's it. Yeah. Now, the other yeah. side that no one talks about is when we have an academy, which I, I, I support the academy, just for the record. Yeah. yeah. But the big boys could come in, take your best players and give you peanuts. Right. And there's right. nothing you can do. Nothing. So, and it's got to be if you've got the funds and you're spending millions and someone can take that player off you for £140,000, there's something wrong. We're never going to get the money like Raheem Serling what we got before. That's never going to happen again. So the whole system's wrong. So you then have to adapt within the system to go forward. Plus, if you play youngsters that aren't good enough, you've killed them. They're not going to come back from that. They've played in front of 10,000 people. They've been slaughtered. They've had a bad miss. People are going to... You've got to play but you need... Are you on Barbe? You needed Charlie Austin. You need someone with them to say, "Keep your head up, lads. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't let it get to you." If you play a team of youth team players and they get beat and they get beat and they get beat, who's going to pick them up? You're going to kill them, kids. It's not fair. Yeah, it leads back to what we were saying on the on the podcast last week about yeah. the the results from the under twenty threes and and so forth haven't really been that great, have they? No. Um, well, Charlie, what did you say? The first team manager for that. 
Charlie, one of the um, under under twenty three players is um, <clears throat> Sinclair Armstrong. Um, yeah. Now there's been a lot of talk about him from uh, most people who haven't actually seen him play. To be fair, um, as to why he wasn't getting on the bench at very least, it's since come out he was injured before he went to Aldershot. But he did a very nice interview. Um, basically, oh, just. I know, I Chocolate. Uh, oh, sorry. What did you get? Get some chocolate. Yeah. Getting some chocolate. By the way, Charlie. Come on, that's right. Yeah. Come here, come that's, come that's here. That's, that, that, Charlie, that's a florist. Yeah, we can see it. But it's a florist. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> oh, who's this? Come here. Bianca. Yeah, yeah, come in quick. Come on, quick, quick. Come on, Listen, I'll hold the point I was talking about. We'll come back to it in a minute. By the way, yeah, Charlie, that's, that's a florist. That's Liz. That, that's a florist, Liz. Bianca, oh, say hello to Liz. I can't hear you. Say hello, Liz. Hello. Bianca, say hello to Liz as well. Hi, Liz. Sorry to interrupt. I hide all my Easter eggs in here away from the kids. And um, I was coming to eat them and didn't realise Charlie was in here. Sorry. <laughs> You're right, Bianca. By the way, Bianca, yes. before you go, we've got John on the, on the podcast as well. John, Bianca. Oh, hi, John. How are we doing? You all right? Yeah, you okay? Yeah, just um, yeah, getting getting around the news. <laughs> Literally got yeah, in the door, opened yeah. Twitter up, and you see what's going on. Um, I know, yeah, rubbish, isn't it? We're gutted. Oh, I, I, I bet you are. I bet you are. But you know uh, what, Bianca? You're part of this family. You're never allowed to leave, no matter what happens. You're part of QPR. Uh-huh. Please remember oh, that. I'm going to start crying now. I'm going to miss the baby oh. back. Oh. Bye. Oh. Bye. Oh no, Gemma's off now. Oh, that's gone, mate. No, Sorry. Cry. Sorry. Oh. That's gone off crying. It wasn't me. <laughs> Don't blame me for that one. Did I mention the phrase of the flowers again? Yeah. Uh, no. Yes. Yeah, sorry, Chris. Go on. Sorry. No, I'm going to come back to sinks. Oh, no. Sorry. Do you want to speak about sinks? Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. We'll speak about them now and then I'll come on to Docky in a minute. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Speak, right. speak about sinks because he was very kind in an interview he, he, he gave yesterday. It's hot. He's going to have a good career, right, Chris? He really is. And the best thing about Sinks is he went on loan to Torquay at first, yeah? He went and learned his trade. He's a big boy, big centre forward, gone and get beaten up against ex-pros, lads who work three, four times a week, plays football, yeah? But I think there's a rule that you can only play for two clubs throughout the season, yeah? Right. No issue, okay? So he comes back. We have a couple of injuries and all this stuff. Everyone's crying out for him to go on the bench against Stoke and wising up players. Well, I'm sure if he went on the bench, then that would prevent him the second half of the season from going to play for Aldershot and going to play for anyone else. So it's preventing him from progressing in his in his journey of this season. So he then becomes on the if he goes on the bench, I think against Stoke or made an appearance, then I'm adamant that you can only play for two clubs and that would have stopped him from leaving the football club on loan. Okay, no, no fair dues. Yeah, I, I think I don't know about the bench, but certainly, yeah, if he if he came on, but the, that's correct. By the way, that is definite. That, that he's right. Yeah, but the point I was going to make, Charlie, was yeah, he was like he's just saying how much he's learned his craft. Um, you know, off off the likes of you and Lyndon, and and in turn, the last podcast you did with us, you Lyndon was learning off you. So again, comes back to this Gemma thing about it's not just about what you do on the pitch. It's what you, what you can do to nurture the other players that are going to follow you. And I think that's, yeah. that's a big part that's going to be missed. Yeah, I, t- uh, I don't know a lot. Of, I don't really know what to say back to it, Chris. Like, I enjoyed my second part. I really did. I love like, what the relationship I had with Lyndon this time was, the first time, sorry, 
was fantastic this time. We didn't play as much together, but we're still we're still good mates. It was just literally just was one that we didn't get a lot of chances to play together. Yeah. Um, but no, I loved it. I enjoyed my time. I did. Uh, it's just I just guess it's shit that I've, I'm leaving. I guess. That's yeah. what I, mean. I think it's just shit that I'm leaving. Well, I think we, we, we all feel the same. But Bianca just came in there, and, and, and I know you want to speak about her. Because, but um, while we've got John on, um, for those who don't know, um, well, I'm sure everyone does know Dottie's journey um, and the stuff that Charlie and Bianca have done for that. So, John, and, and Charlie's just won um, the, PR, the, the QPR Community Award for that, which I'm sure he accepted on behalf of Bianca as well. First of all, John, mm-hmm. just, just to explain to those who don't know what, what Charlie uh, and his family have done for you. It's, it's, a, it's a very long list. Um, we, we could be here all night talking about it. You know, from from emotional support to being there on the end of the phone to sort of pick you up when you've had a really rough day to offering to climb a mountain to raise some money for your daughter. It's um, yeah, two massive. I'll say for two massive people with massive massive hearts. It's um, it's been emotional. You know, these these past couple of months, and as we've come towards the end of chemo, it's become even more emotional. And it's, it's been, it's, for me this week, it's been a bit raw. I've not been able to kind of comprehend and deal with the end of chemo. Um, but yeah, it's just been, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. For for me as a fan to be to be in that situation, um, you know, when I meet Charlie, I try not to turn into a twelve-year-old girl at a pop concert. It's, uh, <laughs> You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, you, you can't, we talk a lot about mental health and I alluded to, alluded to this when I was talking to Mozzie on the pitch when he interviewed me. We talk a lot about mental health and we talk about us, us blokes, we don't tend to talk. No. And when, you, when you've got um, someone you look up to taking an interest and, you know, asking how you're doing and things like that, it, it, it yeah, it means the absolute world. And, you know, this past sort of eight, eight months or so, um, yeah, it's been phenomenal. I can't, I can't say anything else. You know, no, mate. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to. Uh, no. Um, the bottom line is, though, John, Charlie had no obligation to do that. Uh, none, none, none whatsoever. None whatsoever. No, just John, I'm not cutting in it. And you can continue this, Chris. I promise you, I can't. No, say no, no, mate. Yeah. I, like, I, honest, like I didn't have no obligation to it, but you know what? It wasn't. It wasn't me. It was Bianca. I backed her. She was a, she was when I said that after, and I, John will obviously speak, but I promise you, it was all her, mate. Yeah, exactly, exactly that. Um, I, I I took a bit of slack on uh, on, on Twitter, uh, people. But we are well. We, we've taken we've, we've spoken about trolls and people, you know, people before, but you know, people saying that you know. Why do I put my daughter in the limelight and I shouldn't be doing this to get stuff out of it? Are you serious? Yeah, I've had some awful, awful, awful comments. Um, But at the end of the day, it was, I I think I've spoken to you before, Finney, about this. Uh, You know, when when Bianca contacted us, you know, your phone things up, uh, you know, Bianca sent you a message. And, um, but yeah, bit bit surreal. We just got chatting and she was like, look, you know, she said, I might be paraphrasing here, but, you know, a lot of people use social media for, like, woe is me, where with, with Dottie's story, Dottie's journey, we've always tried to show the whole story, the highs. There are plenty of highs. It might have been 18 months of chemo and blood transfusions and everything else. There have been so many highs in that 18 months. 
and it's it's those lows. You know, we want to be able to show other people that might just be starting, unfortunately, their journey, that it's not all doom and gloom. There, there, there is so much that can come out of that time, and it doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be a struggle. And I've had, I've had some. I've been speaking to some fellas this week actually. Um, their kids are going through different treatments, and they're struggling. And to be able to kind of talk to them and say, say that it's it's not all bad. It's not all all bad at all. Um, but everything Bianca's done, sort of getting getting a group of people together to to climb Snowdon. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you something, right? This 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 is the type of woman she is. So they go away, they come back and they catch COVID. Right? We know she wasn't well. She wasn't well at all. She could have just left it. The walk had happened. Louise, my wife, had done the walk with the guys from QPR and the community and Bertram and Mackie. She could have just left it. Instead, a couple of weeks later, when she's feeling better, she gets herself together. She goes there at like two o'clock in the morning so she can walk up there and see the sunrise. And she completes the walk. Jeez. Wow. I couldn't know that. So, yeah. Yeah, it says a lot about your wife, Charlie. Yeah, you've got a decent woman there, Charlie. I mean, I think I just just for all of us and for many listening, I think we're we're all parents on this call. And yes. yeah, I, I, I as, as, as um yeah, I, I, I've got no words, mate, for, for for what you're going through and how brave you've been to do it. And for anyone who even dares to say anything on Twitter, then uh, they've obviously got no soul whatsoever. And they're wankers. And they're wankers. <laughs> well, we've said before. We've said before. You know, the amount you know, crap that the you know people like Charlie get. But for every every one bad comment, there's 10, 20, 30 uplifting, good comments, nice people, you know, who want to see you do well. And I think that's what you have to take take out of it, really. But, Just... but the trouble is, John, and I think we've talked about this before, it, you focus, and Charlie, you'll, you'll know this better than I will. Jesus, I've only got a few people following me. You've got loads. You focus on that one negative thing, do you know what I mean? You go to bed thinking, what is wrong with that prick? You know, at the end yeah. of the day, you know, all I do is drive a van around London and talk about QPR. I'm not yeah. trying to take over the world. Do you know what I mean? That's why it's- I left Twitter, Finney. I couldn't, you know, you oh. know, I'd been on Twitter for years and years. I couldn't, and it wasn't directed at me. I was just so sick of yeah. reading some of the stuff and seeing, like, like you said, you know, just the pointless, vile, negative stuff that is just keyboard warriors. And I just thought, do you know what? There's no... I can't read it, so I, I literally just quit it. Go, go, going back to Dotty, can I just say something, Chris? You obviously didn't listen to last week's pod. But I'm disappointed in you. I'm very disappointed in I'm you. I'm too busy hanging out with Tyson. I'm not. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> so one thing I can say now, actually, Finney, because you said on the last podcast that if Dotty didn't win um, supporter of the of the year, you would streak. I think you think I think is what you said at the end of the podcast. Okay. So okay. obviously, obviously, everyone will be able to see now that um, we had a little after party for Dotty, uh, little end of chemo party on Monday, and um, yeah, Bertram turned up with uh, a nice glass trophy for her to you know. And what what makes me humble is that that award's been support, been voted for by the fans. Of course, it has. so you know all the fans have got behind her, and yeah, yeah but maybe she deserves it. I mean. John, I don't think, and you're a nice, you're a nice guy. You're like me. You drive. That's what we do. It. We drive. You know. I mean, don't do that much. But you, we one inspires. You, we one takes us in a journey with her, and not only do we go on that journey with her, we're right behind her, and she's leading it, and she's leading the charge. 
And for Bianca to get involved, for Charlie to get involved, for QPR, this is a QPR that I love. This is a very sad call today because I'm saying goodbye to Charlie at this stage of his time at QPR. He'll be back as a coach at some point in, the, in his, his, his future. He will be back at QPR. He's not gone anywhere. He will be back. Um, and that's a QPR I love. I don't care what league we're in. I don't care who we're playing. I don't care if it's National League, which, by the way, if we carry on like this, who knows? Um, but never change and never change this club. This club is beautiful and it always will be beautiful. And it's beautiful because of people like Bianca, because of John, and most importantly, because of Dotty. She's beautiful and that's what makes QPR beautiful. Fantastic. Well, listen, um, I'm going to thanks everyone for your time. I'm going to wrap this podcast up in a minute, but I just want to have. By the way, Chris, did you want to see me streak? No, exactly, Paul. That's that's that's. Charlie, don't be sick. It's not you know. It's just. I mean, I would have voted for Dotty regardless, but I set up a few fake accounts to vote at least twenty times just to make sure. I would... <laughs> <laughs> but that, that was only so you didn't see Finney's streak. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, guys. So we're just going to go around the table, um, and then to finish off with Mark um, Paul spoke to Mark Warburton earlier. So we're going to finish off with that little message from the gaffer, a little goodbye from him as well. It's, I told you, it's just, it, it, it's a sad podcast, but hopefully there's been some. But Charlie, actually, before we go, favorite favorite um, moment as a QPR favorite uh, as a QPR player and favorite goal. It's a comeback. Yeah. Well, no, ever or both, if you want. Uh, yeah, because before Anne was a different scenario, it had to be Wigan and, and stuff. Yeah. But, um, no, this time, I, I know no one was there, right? But my best, my favourite has to be the Luton goal. Yeah. Oh, yes. It has to be. It was like yard out. But do you know what? Everyone questioned me and why I was going back and what we're doing and this, that, and the other. You're risking everything going back. I knew what I was doing. And I was just delighted to get that goal straight away and help us win and... and basically start the train going forward so that would be it that that would be my favourite uh, goal Chris my favourite moment you know at the end of last my favourite moment was tw- was 2021 the whole lot being a QPR player for that whole the whole time of 2021 I loved it ah oh, well we loved it too right well can I say what my favourite goal was by the way I know well, no one cares Southampton away. I've never seen that, that was Van Basten. That, never that was that ever again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that, that was yeah, funny. That, from the first time round, yeah, that was yeah. 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 How did you do that? Just Go interest, Charlie. Was that was that just natural? Did you you can't practice that sort of thing, can you? That's just bang. That was just unreal. Unreal. I won't be able to do it again. I'll never be able to replicate that. So such is yeah, Fair enough. Uh, what you got for us, Chris? Okay, I was just going to say, um, oh, what have I got for you? What's my favourite moment of yours? Well, it's probably, well, I, I've got to say Wigan. I know it's boring, but... Um, you don't remember Wigan away, do you? Oh, well, yeah, I was a bit, I was a little... I don't, yeah, but Chris, I don't think you missed a lot. No, Neil, no Wigan away was nil-nil. Wigan away was nil Yeah, Wigan away is... Yeah, I was a little under the weather for Wigan away, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wigan at home, I was with my daughter, so I was much better behaved. But yeah, that, that, that yeah. Was, Wigan away was always known for me taking 10 hours to drive back to shut the M1 and for Chris being out of his head. Yeah, yeah. anyway, moving on. Um, we're going to have a little word from each of us. John, I'd like to start with you. Um, just just a final message to, to Charlie, to the QPR fans, to, to anybody listening. I've got a big thank you. 
uh, I can't, um, you know, Charlie will know, yeah, it would be anchor, special place in my heart. Um, just to see the smiles on Bella's face. You know, we talk about Dotty, but Bella's been along for the ride for two years as well. You know, at 10 years old, uh, sort of the past two years is everything she's got in her living memory. So, you know, for her to be able to meet players and, you know, her idols as a young footballer, she loves football herself, she plays, you know, um, that, that's, that's been emotional. Um, for the fans, keep the faith. <laughs> it's, it's a hard one to do, but we know it's a rocky roller coaster being a QPR fan, don't we? All the highs, all the lows, and so everything in between. But wherever you go, Charlie, you know we'll be we'll be there watching you, supporting you, and, and rooting you on. Because um, yeah, I've lost words. I can't. You know, uh, it's a debt. It's a debt I'll never be able to repay. And some say it's not a debt, but it's yeah. Well, I'm sure neither of them think of it as that. Well, in fact, they, they, of course they don't. But, um, John, no, it's, been, you, it's been, been a pleasure having you on, mate. Um, uh, Gemma? Um, God, I'm a bit lost for words. I can't follow that. Just um, in our house, Charlie, you are a bit of a god. You are god, really. You're the footballing god. As I said, you're on our wall. Um, but for me, for Heath... Um, I had a time with Heath a few years ago that wasn't as, as on the same level as Dottie, but he was in hospital and um, you were playing. And um, for him at that period of time, when he was recovering, we bought, I brought him back to QPR and for him to watch you play. And he's always been really, you are the number one and, um, and that will always stay the same and we'll always be grateful. And um and we will miss you. And I know for, for Heath, coming to QPR is not going to be the same next season at all um, without you there. Um, and I just I wish you all the best. And we look forward to having you back in whatever form that will be. And thank you for everything you've done for us. Thank you. Oh, oh that's good. Charlie's choking up. I think I'm choking. I think everyone's choking up. Good. Right. OK, I'm going to get mine out of the way. Um, we'll go with Paul then Charlie next. Um well, another one uh, for Charlie. Um, as before this call um, came on, um, Heath, who, who's Gemma's son, who we mentioned before, and my two daughters, Nancy and Lois, um, came on as well. And um, Lois, um, I, <laughs> he's not back really coming forward. We just dropped my mum some pancreas a couple of weeks ago. And um, and uh, Charlie Austin has been, she does a little thing where he kisses her arms when he scores, she has the shirt on. Um, Nancy's been following him, that is Nancy's all-time favourite player. Nancy's been following him since she was very, very small. Um, and I just want to say thanks. Yeah, thank you for everything. Thanks thanks for stopping to chat with my daughters. Thanks for posing with the photographs on St Pancras. Um, I don't think Lois quite understands what you're going, but I know Nancy is absolutely gutted the same as he. So <laughs> I've got a bit of work to do over the summer. But thanks, mate. And, 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 and yeah, over to you, Paul. Well, I've got two memories of Charlie. One involves a goat. <laughs> um, we, I got drafted in this is true by the way stick with me in this one I got drafted into a Premier League show and I, I, they put me on and I've seen a few people and there's a goat farmer on which is one of the strangest things <laughs> and Charlie's face was a picture of uh, this guy's asking questions and I'm asking questions and oh, I'm just thinking to myself God that was a first Charlie doing an interview with a goat farmer you've got to admit that was bizarre yeah, strange that, that's, that's, that's the most bizarre thing I've ever done and hopefully you got paired but you know what Everyone's got the wee stories about Charlie. You you might remember this, you might not. I don't know. Um, Donnell, who I know, um, 
for various reasons, contact you because my nephew lost his dad a wee while ago, Luke. And Charlie didn't know he was late to me, didn't didn't know who this person was, but Donnell got in contact and said, look, he's lost his dad. He goes to QPR and he's a fan and this, that and the other. And Charlie sent a lovely video about losing your dad, how much it means and to keep going. And it meant the world to him. And and I remember texting Charlie and saying, Jesus, that was my nephew. Thank you so much. You made a difference. And you did. But you get us. You you believe in us and we believe in you. But you know what? There's been many players that come into this club. They've took the money. I'm fair enough. They've been offered it. Why the hell not? It's, it's life, isn't it? But you made a difference. And I don't think we can ever thank you for what you've done for our football club. You've not only made a difference. You, you, you took our pain. You played with the busted shoulder for God knows how long. You played through the pain barrier. You did everything that could be asked for you. And I'm sorry you're leaving like this. It wouldn't be the fans' way. And I'm sorry it's gone like this. But thank you so much for coming back, for making a difference, and for being yourself and your family for being your family. And thank you. You are, mate. Thank you. Oh, well, Charlie, I don't know. I mean, yeah, clearly, I think we're all getting a bit emotional there. But to anything you'd like to say, um, yeah, yeah, to the fans, really. Um, just a big, fa- just a big thank you from day one that I'd come through the door back in August of uh, 2000. Uh, 14 13 13 sorry like listen thank you I just felt like the club was going in one direction it just took me in straight away and it just clicked not just me took my whole family took my wife my kids and everybody and so we achieved promotion and and we had a little time apart and then come back come back for a stint for 18 months but coming back I loved every minute I come with a bigger person an older person a better dad, a, a better husband. A, but listen, I've got a good family and amazing wife behind me who backs me the whole way. But I just, the football club, way you treated me and the, the fans associated with football club, the way you've treated me, I just want to say a massive, massive thank you. I do really appreciate all the support you've given me on and off the pitch. And I guess if I'm leaving a football club the way I am, if I've left my mark on a football club in good ways, um, and left it in a certain position that that makes players or people better. Then I'm pleased. My job, my job is is done. I'm just glad we didn't achieve a promotion, but I'm I'm leaving with my head well held high. You are indeed, mate, and always friggin' welcome. And so you, so you should, mate. Well, like I say, hopefully next year when we do the live podcast, you'll you'll you'll, you'll drop in and say hello, and, and we wish you well wherever you go, and, unless you happen to join Chelsea. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, thanks so much, Charlie. We're gonna we're gonna leave this podcast now with uh, Mark. That uh, Paul caught up with Mark Warburton earlier on. Um, yeah, well, can I say it's it, 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 as that old saying goes, it's been emotional. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Charlie. Thank no you. worries. Thank you, Charlie. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Thanks. See you soon. Bye-bye.